Hello, and welcome to QPod, the QIC Investor Podcast. My name is Katrina King, and I'm the General Manager of the Capital Solutions team. As one of Australia's leading investment managers, at QIC, we're committed to offering opportunities and fostering the next generation of our team. We're proud of the pathways we create and focus on mentoring. Today, I want to introduce you to one of our young guns, Matthew Fegan, where we'll share his journey. So welcome, Matthew. Thanks, Katrina. Good to be on QPod today. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. So if you could tell your past self what it was like or what to expect when you first walked in to QIC, what would you say? Yeah, um, I think I, I had an idea at the time of what I thought I was going to expect but the reality of it was definitely different from my expectations and, and in a good way. Um, I think like a lot of interns or grads straight out of university, I thought I had a fair idea of the work that was done at QRC. But looking back now, I can say that I definitely didn't. I remember being uh, very nervous, I would say, in the first couple of weeks. Um, but it was also quite eager to get started and, and to start learning. I, I think that whilst I was studying, I was very much hoping that I would one day get the opportunity to work in the investment investment or um, asset management industry. And so I think to finally feel like that journey was about to begin was uh, an idea that was very exciting to me and at the early stages. Um, there were a couple of, the first couple of days were uh, definitely a shock. Um, I was well out of my comfort zone to say the least. I think I understood about 20% of what was being said in conversations and meetings. And, um, and that's probably being a bit generous, but I was I was really loving every moment and the people at QRC couldn't have been more welcoming and supportive of me in those early stages. Good on you. Um, during your time in, in the team and, and one of the first things we gave you to do was the Capital Markets Quarterly Report. At the time that we first gave to you, we didn't actually have any really good templates because it was fairly nascent as an idea, but it's something that we've been so impressed the way you've really been able to mature it and make it your own. Can you tell our listeners exactly what that report is and what its objectives are? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, so the Capital Markets Quarterly was actually one of the first projects I got the opportunity to work on here. And I think that along with hopefully providing some uh, some useful information to people around the business on on how asset classes have moved over the last quarter it was it was really um it gave me a great deal of exposure to all the asset classes that we have here at QIC and, and helped me become familiar with both the terminology i guess of those respective classes but also how they're being viewed in the market and and what the appetite has been from investors so ultimately in the capital markets quarterly we aim to provide an overview of movements and trends within the asset classes. Um, and we also aim to look at some coverage of the most interesting and relevant research reports and white papers that have been released by external research houses over the last quarter. We also tend to look at um, any majors of, uh, major events or, or changes or capital flows in the superannuation industry. And there's definitely been a lot happening in this area over the last uh, year or so. I think a lot of people around the business, as they would know. But I really hope that the quarterly has been of some value in, uh, in keeping team members from around the business up to date of what we've been seeing in capital markets over the last quarter. No, you're right. And I think both its global nature as well as its Australian bent have been really important and, and very valued. 
one of the things in your interview, I think that really pushed us over the line in hiring you was your love of research, of, of investments, and of course, Dalio. And we often have you quote Dalio at us and um, all his findings. But what we've been really impressed with, I think, is your ability to bring that Australian lens to it and that superannuation lens to it as well. Uh, no doubt we've thrown you in the deep end, but I, I think that that research and that curiosity have really helped. What do you wish that you knew, though, on the first day that you know now? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, I, I had a bit of time to think about it, and uh, I think that probably what I'd wish to communicate would be to probably be aware, coming out of university, of, of any kind of mental biases you're holding. Um, really with respect to how you operate and, and how you look at what successful work uh, should look like and, and also how you interact with others. I think that it is quite a bit of a shift moving over from university to the workplace. Um, and I think you have to stop thinking so much in terms of, well, these are just my individual goals and objectives and um, uh, metrics I need to achieve. Um, and you have to really move from being an individual to being a team player. I think it's often difficult transitioning over uh, because when, when you are in uni, you're just trying to achieve metrics which are solely determined by you and, and fit these really neat uh, objective standards. But I don't necessarily think that this mindset lends itself to success in the workplace. Um, as I've found out over my brief time at QIC, uh, things change and things are constantly changing. Deadlines move, new events happen, people get posted to other projects. And so I think that the way that you deal with that, especially when you're starting off in your career, is um, not being so focused so much on just your own individual uh, objectives and, and goals and deadlines you need to hit, but really looking at the team that you're in um, and seeing where you can be of value to your other team members. I mean, we have so much uh, experience and knowledge within all the teams at QIC here. Uh, and I think that when you're starting off, you're your real goal should not so much be on what can you achieve or, or how successful can you look, but what can you learn from others and how can you help all those in your team um, achieve the goals that they're trying to hit? Really good insights there. And, and you're right, it is. And one of the great things about Capital Solutions is that you do get to see across all teams. On that note, and you also um, mentioned before, it's been a fairly challenging time for investment markets, but also for superannuation firms. You recently attended the Fiduciary Investment Symposium, and I think you got the opportunity there to listen directly to what a lot of investors are now considering for 2020 and beyond. What were the three key takeaways that you had? Yeah, most definitely. Um, so the symposium was really interesting because you're just getting exposed to such a wide range of speakers from around the asset management industry, whether it have been super fund CIOs or hedge fund managers or asset consultants. Um, and I think it all came together quite well in providing a, a holistic overview of what we're seeing in the industry at the moment. Um, I don't think it's news to anyone that we've had a fair share of challenges over the last couple of months as an industry. Um, and a lot of the speakers really tend to focus on the forecasts or strategies going forward into the future. But I think if I was to take it down to three main takeaways from the symposium, it was firstly that we're really going to see some major changes in the superannuation industry in the next year. And there's probably two sides to that point. 
And the first is at, at the company level. I mean, we're seeing um, increasing pressure from regulators on mergers and to improve Superfund performance and also for them to, to drop the, their fees. And I think that this was a topic that was talked about at length that many see these mergers continuing and maybe even accelerating off the back of um, what we've seen in markets and also the increasing pressure that these funds are under. And then on the other side of the superannuation problem, I think that the Morrison government's most recent policies are going to really bring uh, superannuation back into the country for the uh, back into the conversation rather for the everyday member. We've seen in increasing attention on superannuation in the news recently, and I think people are just going to become more aware of what their options are and the importance of superannuation in um, the financial success. So I think a lot of speakers at the conference as well said that they really expect to see a lot more engagement from superannuation members coming out of this crisis. So that would be my first point. Uh, secondly, I think there was a lot of talk about what inflation is going to look like going forward. Opinions were rather mixed here, and I, I think that's off the back of the complexity and the extent of the monetary and fiscal policies that we've kind of seen from central banks and governments around the world. But I, But I think if I was to kind of take it down to what the general forecast seems to be. Um, many people were pointing to the fact that we'll likely see low inflation or possibly even a deflationary scenario for the next year or two. But beyond that, I think it was the, the general consensus that we have this real chance that inflation could come back into the picture after so many years of, of no inflation and that investors would really have to start thinking about how they want to be hedging this risk. And I think finally, there was a lot of talk at the conference about what the investment opportunities were going to be coming out of this crisis. Um, I think that we're in such an interesting time in the industry as beyond how markets are moving on a day-to-day -day basis, we're also seeing these almost larger, more structural questions start to arise on how the asset classes will be affected by, I think, the learnings that we've all taken from this crisis. One of the questions that was repeatedly asked of uh, speakers throughout the symposium was where they saw the future of office space heading uh, after this crisis. And I think that's a question a lot of people have been asking in recent times. I mean, how will things balance out between more people being able to work from home and, uh, and also how will companies potentially need to adapt to reduce the density of people in their offices? And, and maybe that means buying more office space. And so I think the trade-offs and changes like this um, will certainly make the asset management industry an interesting one in the coming months and, and years ahead. Great insights. And I'm so pleased for you that your career managed to capture 2020. It really is um, such an important learning environment. So maybe just to finish up, where do you see yourself in three years' time? Yeah, um, I'd love to have a concrete answer to that question, but I, but I can honestly say at the moment that I'm not 100% sure. I think you touched on it earlier in the podcast uh, that it's just one of the great benefits of being part of the Capital Solutions team that we're, we're really just constantly getting exposures to all areas of the business, um, be it the asset classes themselves or the other teams around the business, such as the business development team or the economics team. And, and I think that exposure really almost makes me change my mind on a weekly basis about areas of the business that are more um, that I would find a passion in or that I would just find really interesting. Um, I think ultimately, maybe looking quite a while down the track, I'd 
eventually love to work more so with just one investment team in particular and, and become more of a specialist in an asset class. I don't know what asset class that is at the moment, or even if that will ultimately become the path that I head down. But I, I think that in three years time, I, I'd really like to think that I'll still be here at QIC and um, enjoying the work as, as much as I do at the moment. Thank you. We're very honoured to have you in the team and just so grateful for, for all the value you add. But thank you for listening. Uh, please look out for our next QPod and have a lovely day.